Hi, everybody. So great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us at uh, Fellowship Greenville for Christmas Eve. Whether this is your first time here or you've been around for a few decades or somewhere in between, we are so glad that you are here this evening. And if you've been thinking, and maybe you have, like earlier today, or maybe right now in this moment, if you've been thinking, um, <clears throat> I really like attending a worship service in the afternoon. I was able to sleep in, have some brunch, and then come to worship. Well, I've got some great news for you. Starting on January the 29th, just a month from now, we're starting a weekly 5 p.m. service here at Fellowship. It's identical to what we do on Sunday morning, so if you like this idea of worship in the afternoon, then come on and join us. If you know of someone that can't make it to a worship service on a Sunday morning because of work and life and other things, then invite them to join you as well. I know for uh, so many of you gathering for a Christmas Eve service is one of your family traditions, which has already been alluded to uh, earlier. And for others of you, you're thinking maybe it will become a tradition of yours or a tradition for you and your family. In the Malone home, uh, we have a few holiday traditions. And I say holiday because they span from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And here's how it goes um, pretty much every year for us. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we get in my truck and we drive to pick out a Christmas tree, my wife and I and our two daughters. We go and get a real tree because Jesus is real. <laughs> now I don't uh, cut down a tree that I'm already paying for like some people do because that's not good for my back or my holiday spirit or my marriage. Someone else can cut it down if I'm gonna pay for it. And not only can they cut it, they can haul it off of the Western North Carolina mountain ridge that it's on and they can bring it to Woodruff Road because that's where I am. <laughs> and I think this, and I believe this with all of my heart, battling Woodruff Road traffic during the holiday season should be sufficient to show my family how much I love them and enjoy spending time with them. And then I take the tree home and I try to get the netting off and that's always a little bit of a thing. And then I, uh, I put the tree in its stand and that is the last time I touch it until I rip it out five to six weeks later, droopy, brittle, and I go throw it out, mumble a few things under my breath about how I could have spent that $110. Then on Thanksgiving morning, my daughters and wife do a fabulous job of decorating the tree. Our home is so uh, comfy and festive and cozy. And they do this uh, while watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which used to be a fun tradition of seeing large inflatable characters uh, going down the New York City streets. But now the tradition, since my girls are a little older, the tradition is really more centered around laughing at the bad lip syncing of the performers as they come rolling through the parade. Like some of them, and this isn't the point of my message, some of them aren't even trying. And I think we just all need to acknowledge that. Like if you're the Macy's people and you're inviting performers to come hang out with you, then uh, you should say at least try to lip sync because that is obviously what we're doing. Like Gloria Stefan's not even trying anymore. I just wanted to say it. I don't know if you saw it, just not, not even trying anymore. And then on the Friday night of Thanksgiving weekend, after a few, Chris, uh, a few Thanksgiving feasts, we always as a family sit down and watch Elf. It's our favorite family uh, Christmas movie because who can't relate to finding out you're not an elf but a real human? And then uh, the need to find your dad who turns out is on the naughty list but through interaction with him, he will come to believe in the spirit of Christmas and not only will you change your dad, you will change all of New York City 
And they, uh, united in voice, will spread Christmas cheer by singing loud for all to hear. Like it's a super relatable movie and I know that you can relate to it as well. And then Christmas Eve is typically uh, spent at church with hundreds and hundreds of people, especially since I'm a pastor. And then for years what we've been doing after the Christmas Eve services, we go to Waffle House and uh, have a meal. I wouldn't, I'm not saying it's a great meal, but we go and we have a meal. And um, what I've noticed though, is there's a lot of folks, you know this, a lot of people are moving here from around uh, the, the old US of A, they're all moving to Greenville. And over the last year or two, I've noticed that a lot of you after Christmas Eve services, uh, you're going to Waffle House. And I just wanna let you know if you've moved here and that's what you're doing, I want you to stop it. <laughs> you've taken my seat. I love different traditions that people have and they, how they celebrate this time of year. And while there are so many differences, uh, there seems to be one tradition that is fairly common amongst all of us, and that is gift giving. Like I love giving gifts to those that I love, and I love receiving some things from those that I love. That's not a bad deal either. And if I gave you a few moments, it wouldn't take any of you all that long to quickly recount some of the favorite things you've given others and things that you've received throughout the years. Like I still remember my very first dirt bike. I remember my first go-kart. I remember my first BB gun that my mom and dad gave me. Like standard Christmas gifts for young boys in the Lyman Duncan Welford area of Spartanburg County, which is where I'm from. We all had them. I remember gifts that I was able to give to my wife and to my children through the years that were a total surprise to them and I remember their excitement and their joy. Now for me personally, the older I get, the more I've noticed that certain gifts stick out to me. What I mean is, um, I often appreciate most is a gift that has a special meaning behind it or the gift of time with people that I love and that I care about. I'm also really thankful when someone gives me something that I really needed. And maybe I needed it and I just hadn't gotten it for myself yet, or maybe I needed it but I wasn't gonna get it for myself because of a multitude of reasons, but I needed it nonetheless. And here's the deal, if you listen in tomorrow as people gather to open gifts wherever it is that you're gathered, you actually might hear this phrase, thank you, I actually really needed this. And what I love about what we celebrate at Christmas is that it is a reminder of the greatest gift that we've actually ever needed. And to regularly remember and think about our greatest need and the gift that meets our greatest need is really at the heart of what we celebrate even here on this Christmas Eve. Think about it with me for just a few moments if you would. We come here today, many dressed in their Christmas attire, struggling through the hustle and bustle to get the family out the door on a freezing day battle in traffic, we cram into a room together and we all sing and proclaim, O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us, because it is God that we need. See, this isn't simply a tradition of a churchy Christmas Eve service because that's what we do. Now that might actually be the reason you walked in the door tonight. I'm not exactly sure what brought you here. Maybe out of expectation of someone that you love and care about say, hey, you gotta come to Christmas Eve or you're invited to come to Christmas Eve. But whether you realize it or not in coming here this evening, what you've done is you've walked into a room full of people that are verbalizing through song and through the studying of the word and gathering with one another that we have a need and that need is only met in and through Jesus Christ. Or maybe I could say it this way, we need a savior because we needed saving. 
Like he's a gift, all right, but in receiving the gift that is Jesus, we're actually making quite the admission. Here's what we're admitting. Thank you. I actually really needed this. And to the degree that we acknowledge our desperate need is to the degree that we appreciate and are, I would say, appropriately overwhelmed by the gift that is Jesus, who has come to us and abides with us. And to those of us here that have truly seen our need, the gift of Jesus has profoundly changed and shaped and given purpose and meaning and resolve to our lives, not simply at Christmas time, but every day of every year for all the years. When we walk through hard times and difficult seasons, when we walk through loss and when we walk through disappointment, that is inevitable in this world. And some of you are here tonight and 2022 has been a hard year for you. But what you would say is what you have in Jesus actually does mean everything. Matter of fact, let me remind you of this from one of my favorite Christmas verses that I'm sure you're already thinking about. And no, it's not from uh, Matthew or Luke. It's actually found in the book of Titus, that famous Christmas passage in Titus 2. This is what it says. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The apostle Paul, he was writing to encourage uh, one of his friends and co-laborers, co-workers by the name of Titus, someone he cared about and Paul reminds him of Jesus because Paul's always doing that. I love that about Paul. This gift that we remember and celebrate today. Paul reminds Titus of the grace of God, the, the kindness of God, which has appeared in and through Jesus. And this does harken back to what we read earlier from Luke 2. I bring you good news that will uh, bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Paul says to Titus, he says, and then through Jesus came salvation to anyone and everyone who would accept it. But to accept it, you have to acknowledge you need it. And this is what we're remembering during this service on this day that Jesus came to save us and that we actually needed saving. And if you listen closely, you're gonna hear people that you do life with, that you love and you care about, who have come to know Jesus, if you listen in over the next day or two, what you'll actually hear them say is, thank you, I really needed this. They'll say it in an array of different ways, but they'll say it. What did they need? What did I need? What do you need? We needed the grace and kindness of God through Jesus to show us that it is actually quite exhausting attempting to convince ourselves day in and day out that we actually don't need saving. Like that's an exhausting way to live. You read what Paul says here, salvation is available for all people. And you might be tempted to think, yeah, 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 but I don't need that. I'm sure some people do or they think that they do, but not me. And there's others of you here this evening that maybe for you, like you are actually convinced that you are quite needy, but you might be tempted to think that you're so needy that the gift that is simply the grace and kindness of God through Jesus could actually never make up for the neediness that you have. And so you attempt to earn your own way through life, to do a little more good than, than bad, to try a bit harder, to earn a gift that you've never been able to earn because you were never actually gonna be able to earn it. And if that's you, I actually wanna to speak to both, the, both ways of thinking just 
real briefly. If you're tempted to think that you aren't that needy, that Christmas is sweet and you love your family and your traditions and the carols and well wishes for world peace, but that's where it stops for you. Like you don't think Jesus had to come to earth and you don't think that he had to come in order to save you. You don't think that you really have a need that can only be met in the gift that is Jesus. If that's you today, then here is uh, how you might be spending your days. And maybe you've never verbalized it this way, but you think about it sometimes. You're spending your days attempting to justify yourself and your existence by comparing yourself to other people that you have deemed more needy than you. That's how you know you're not that needy as long as people around me are a little bit more needy than me. From your perspective, another way to say that is your self-assurance or your self-pride becomes your functional savior of meaning and worth in your life. But here's the thing, and a lot of us in this room have lived from that premise before. That's some of your stories. If I walked up, handed you mine, and said, tell me your story before you came to know Jesus, this is the story that you would tell. Every one of us that have lived from that premise, here's what we know. <clears throat> we know that self-pride and trying to allow that to be what gives us worth and value actually minimizes our neediness. We know that that doesn't deliver like it might for a day or a week or a month or a couple of years, but it's let you down because you know you can't measure up to the standard that you have. That no matter what you've attained, and some of you have had a great 2022, it hasn't been a hard down year for you. It's been a great year for you. And you sit here at the end of this year and you go, things have never been better for me this way, this way, that way, this way, this way, that way. But if you're honest, what you might acknowledge tonight is even though that's true, you still feel empty that no matter how many people have accepted you, for some of you, that was the deal. This year, if I could just get in with that group and they accepted me, or if this person would like me and accept me. And you're in with the group and you've been accepted. And if you're honest, what you might say is, I still haven't been accepted enough. That no matter how many people you throw into a category that you are better than and not as needy as, what you know in your heart of hearts and in your mind when you're quiet, what you know is you still aren't the best and that you still are needy. Another way to say it is that we, what we celebrate at Christmas is at its very core humility. Yes, the humility of a king come to earth as a baby for sure, but the humility it takes to acknowledge that we aren't the kings of our own lives, that we actually needed that baby to be born. Thank you, I really needed this. And he brings because of grace and kindness salvation for all people, for us, for me, for you but it takes humility to acknowledge that we actually need it. And that's how accepting this gift of Jesus looks different from other gifts that you might need. Like it's one thing to get a, a, a new sweater and say, thank you, I really needed this because you actually needed a new sweater. But think of the humility it would take to receive certain gifts tomorrow that you did not ask for and that you don't think that you need even though Maybe you really do. And I have a gift bag up here with a very nice reindeer that uh, will help me illustrate my point. So imagine tomorrow morning, you get together with your family and imagine whoever in the home considers themselves the main cook, the preparer of the meals and feels like they've got it down and they do a pretty good job in the kitchen. And tomorrow you receive a nice, here it is, I have it right here. Joanna Gaines cookbook, Magnolia Table, 
But you didn't ask for a cookbook. And you look at your spouse and you go, what is this about? And your spouse says, well, what's coming out of the kitchen right now is not great or delicious or edible. Like you haven't noticed that when I tell the kids it's time for dinner, they just go get in the car. Or what if you were to open up tomorrow a present and you had some nice, here it is right here, some strength training, nice resistance band, it's 30, 30 pounds of weight on this bad boy right here, right? But the thing is, is you didn't ask for any workout gear. That wasn't on your list. And you look at your spouse and you go, what is this about? And your spouse looks back at you and goes, it's time. <laughs> you aren't getting any younger and obviously there's this thing called gravity and whatnot. So here's some resistance bands because right now your belt and buttons on your shirt are the only thing resisting and putting up a fight. Okay, good. What about this? One more, just to make my point. You open up your stocking tomorrow morning, hung by the fire with care, and when you open it up, what you find is a jumbo size <laughs> bottle of mouthwash. And you look at your spouse and you go, what are you saying? And your spouse says, uh, what I'm saying is you need to use this before you say anything on the regular, right? What I love right now is some of you realize that you actually made a huge mistake in what is currently under your tree for your spouse. Like your spouse is laughing really hard right now, but you know, I say, oh boy, I've made a mistake. But here's the deal. It's early, sir. It's still early. So you've got time. I've been doing a lot of talking actually after the sermons today and people, this is what they've actually wanted to talk about the most, the huge mistake they've made and what they've bought for their spouse. I kid. Think of the humility it takes to receive these kinds of gifts and truly be grateful for them. See, there has never been anything given to you or to me that makes us acknowledge our neediness and repent of our self-sufficiency more than saying we need a savior because we need saving. And again, for others of you, the acknowledging of your neediness is not the issue. However, you're tempted to think that you can make up on your own for your own neediness. It's not that you don't think you're needy, you're convinced that you are, but you think that you can dig yourself out of the hole that you have found yourself in or put yourself in. And to you, I would actually encourage you with this, you'll never ever do enough to earn your way out of your neediness. You need, I need, we need the grace of God that has appeared in and through Jesus Christ. Because here's the deal. The gift that is Jesus is not a gift that you just receive and you put it on a shelf. It's not a gift that you simply use when you feel stuck or on a major holiday like Christmas. He is the gift that in the words of the great theologian, Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation, keeps on giving the whole year for all the years. Paul says in Titus 2.12, he says, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. That's what it says in Titus 2, 12 through 14. 
The impact of God's grace and kindness towards us in and through Jesus and the salvation that he brings actually impacts every area of our lives and it gives purpose to our lives in this time. The time in between Jesus' first arrival and his next arrival for us. That's what we're celebrating on Christmas Eve. It's not simply about a church service. It's not simply about a holiday. It's not you in your neediness working hard to make yourself less needy so that you can receive the gift that is Jesus. No, it is come to Jesus with all of your neediness. He is full of grace and kindness. And here's what you will discover. The gift that is Jesus not only saves you, but it changes you and transforms you. Right now, today, and tomorrow, and the next day, while we await his return for us, this world that we're in, this world where the grace and kindness of God has appeared through Jesus, who has saved us because we needed saving, is now where we, as followers of Jesus, live, empowered by him, Paul reminds Titus, with wisdom and righteousness and devoted to him, doing the good things that he has for us to do. That others may come to see through us that the grace of God has appeared and brought salvation to them. That they would join us in saying, thank you. I actually really needed this. So as you gather later tonight or tomorrow or in the week to come, with your close friends and family. My encouragement is to you to listen in because you just might hear, let's say your grandma or your grandpa that might be sitting beside you right now. Talk about how Jesus really is all they've ever needed. Maybe your mom or your dad might share about that as well if you're listening. Or maybe it's your kids or grandkids who have come to know and walk and experience Jesus in ways that are intriguing to you as their parents and grandparents because it appears they have a joy and a peace from a relationship with Jesus that is so different than the religious duty and burden you grew up in and around. See, this gathering here this evening, but honestly, again, if you're newer with us, all of our gatherings when we come together weekly at Fellowship Greenville really is to celebrate the greatest gift ever given and to remind one another that all has ever been required to receive it is the humility to acknowledge. I actually really needed this. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people and that changes everything because he truly is all that we've ever needed. So Merry Christmas to you. Let me pray over you if I could. And the worship team will come up and we'll sing another song or two and go gather with friends and family. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I actually don't wanna rush past this moment. I don't think that would be wise, but if you find yourself here this evening and you would acknowledge and say that at some point in time in your life, maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was 10 years ago, maybe it was 50 years ago, that you came to see your need, your need for a savior because you needed saving. 
My encouragement to you is to take a moment and thank the Lord for that. I never want to be not undone by what it is that God has done for me in and through Jesus. I don't want just another Christmas Eve service because we do Christmas Eve services. For most of you that have traditions, the traditions are rooted in something. And this time together, this time of the year, is rooted in a people desiring to say, thank you, I really needed this. A savior who would save me. And if you're here tonight, and there may be some of you, and as you've listened in, you've gone, well, those are some words to some things that I've been thinking. A neediness that I wasn't willing to admit to or a, weeding, a neediness that I think I need to pull myself out of the mess that I've made. Well, tonight the invitation to you is on this day, December the 24th, 2022, could actually be the day that you receive the greatest gift ever offered to you by simply acknowledging and saying, God, I believe in and through Jesus. You desire to save me and I want to follow you with my life. Maybe you would take advantage of a loved one or a friend that you know that walks with Jesus and say, I need to know more about this. But guys, I have become increasingly convinced it is my actual greatest need. Father God, we love you. We're thankful for the opportunity to gather together, to worship you through song, to encourage one another. to open up your word and be reminded of your kindness and grace to us in and through Jesus Christ, the salvation that he offers for all people. And the fact that all people includes us, well, we can't thank you enough. In Jesus' sweet name we pray, amen.